Hello, and welcome to episode 88 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth. Is that you, sugar bumps? Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Is that a pickle? <gasps> no. A cucumber? Entire cucumber, yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> How, you were so ready for, that's why it was so quick to get on this recording, is you just really wanted to do this. this I took too big of a bite. <laughs> Okay, uh, I just gotta be honest with you. I had, you know, I, I, like, when I come up with a thing, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be the thing I'm gonna say to Anthony, it'll be funny, whatever. I went through that about eight different times in the last 12 hours, and I could not choose between all of them, so I chose this. So you just went on full pickle rick. Yeah. (laughs) On this week's episode, we gear up for Far From Home, the Sonic Trainwreck continues, and we touch base on Seth Green's new film, along with other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Um, before, first, before all of that, um, did it ever occur to you how wrong we got this, that episode 88 is 89, Batman? No, it's actually perfect. So the reason being is this is my birthday episode. We're doing Batman for the movie, and I was born in 88. So, I mean, realistically, it could only be a little bit better, and that is if I was born in 89. You know, we should have gotten something for you for a birthday episode, like... Because we had like the anniversary ale for me, that one for my birthday this year. It's fine. This is this is great. The the fact that we're doing Batman is is the present. I know when I went to set up my notes, I typed episode eighty eight, and I was like, I think it's eighty eight. Went back and looked, I was like, yep, okay. And then I was like, what do I title that my notes is like eighty nine Batman? So it's just sitting eighty eight <laughs> colon eighty nine Batman. Eighty nine. <laughs> I like it. And I'm like, I I'll feel lie. like we had a missed opportunity here. Um, I feel like it's going to say that way when it actually gets posted to some degree. Yeah, it's possible. Episode 8889. <laughs> That's not confusing. Anyway, getting back on track after I derailed myself. I didn't even derail you that well yeah, with that was, the you cucumber. You did it to yourself. Um, the freaking cucumber. <laughs> um, so this is... You, just, you, know what, it, what, you know what, though? The audience didn't get to see it, and that's really what made it is... I think you were you really wanted to do it you had it maybe maybe just slightly out of reach. There, it was an aggressive reach and grab for the cucumber. Well, no, I had it right in front of me, but I made sure it was out of the lens so that you couldn't see it. Got it. Okay. Um, I thought you were going to lunge out of the chair, and I didn't know what was happening. No, I was lunging forward so I could get as close to the microphone to get the crunch onto there. But still, you would be able to see what I was doing. Not for anything. The crunch wasn't that loud, and I don't understand why you did it in the microphone. The thing is, before we got on, I actually did a test run, and it came out fine. So, <laughs> I mean, it probably hey, was Mikey, as... can you crunch any louder? I still can't hear it... out of this one. <laughs> I can still hear out of this one. I mean, it wasn't as... Well, the thing is, when you use my audio now, my audio comes in crystal clear on my side. Um, like, yeah. I, I was playing back something when we were on a long break when something happened. It was something happened a few weeks ago on your end. And I heard back the part that was sitting on my own. It was like, you could hear me shifting in my chair because I'm sitting in a leather chair. And I'm right. like, the audience probably thinks I've been farting and they don't even realize, like, I'm sitting in a leather chair. This is not intentional. <laughs> no, you're installed in a leather chair. Correct. I have installed myself in this chair. Don't you gesture that pickle at me. What? This is not going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> and see, I was just going to bring us back on track. We finally have returned to uh, one of our favorite breweries. It may even be our favorite show brewery. Um, it's Jack's Abbey. Craft, yeah. craft this is This is the, it's the brewery of the show. Yeah. For sure. um, 
Well, you know, I don't know. Newburgh has has been pretty effectively the the brewery of the show, though it's been a while. Well, for reasons that we won't get into, uh, it's been a while, but it will make its glorious return eventually. Okay. Um, I mean, we've done more of these though. I think no. It's about neck and neck. Okay. Okay. Um. So anyway, Jack's Abbey's Calyptra Session IPL. It features Calypso and Citra hops. Now I'll just be honest about this. I've never heard of Calypso hops before, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, 45 IBUs, uh, 4.9% alcohol by volume. I'm sorry, is there a whale behind you? <laughs> uh, no, those are the chairs moving upstairs. We have the barstool chairs. It's like in Finding Nemo. <laughs> I'm just going to try to communicate with them. Um, it's fine. I'm We're so used to hearing them that I'm so used to hearing them that it doesn't even register in, in my mind that it's happening a lot of times. Um, That's fair. This beer is hoppy and sessionable. Well, I guess we'll be the judges of that. That's um, right. And before we take a sip, it has the trademark uh, hexagonal shapes on the bear on the on the beer the bear on the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the two tone colors that it typically has on the cans: dark purple on top and light purple in the middle. It's got a uh, is that a hop butterfly on the logo? I think so. It looks that way. Um, yeah, it's definitely a hot body. I dig it. As as you mentioned a couple as I mentioned a couple weeks ago in the opening of the show. I haven't given a proper a, pro, uh, a proper appreciation for the color purple. Um, I appreciate this can. A proper appreciation for the color purple. Man, this... I only said that this was great because of the jacks. I didn't even consider the purple. Yeah. This is... This is going to be fantastic. Let's, Cheers. Let's take a sip. Mmm. <laughs> oh, that's good. What are you doing right now? Are you licking the inside of the glass? Yeah, well, so when my beer exploded... Guys, before we got started, both of our beers exploded wildly when we opened them. Yeah. And um, so there was a lot of head to it, and it's got the type of head that there's like a shit ton of retention on the side of it. And I'm just mm-hmm. trying to get it off there because it's going to turn into that weird crust and it's not going to wash nicely. True. True. No, that's fair. This is interesting. I like it. It's got to be that Calypso hop in there because it's very fruity. Is that like, it kind of tastes like lavender. And I don't know if that's just because it's a purple can and my brain is playing tricks on me, but I taste lavender. That might be psychosomatic. <laughs> or it could be these hops that we know nothing about. I don't know if it's because you just said it, but yeah, I, c- I could see some, some lavender to it. Well, what oh is that? What is it that what beer that we had that had lavender? Was it a, or, or no, am I thinking of rosemary um, in um, the Herbe de Provence one? Uh, or the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Time. Yeah, it was a time or time. something like that. Uh, it was the, the Saison from... Yeah, that uh, was good. Goldfish Head. And then after you said it, that's all I could taste. Yes. Yeah, no, that's... This is... I, it's really fun, though. I was very excited when you told me that you could taste it now, because <laughs> I, I, I love that one. I'm not... I swear to God, I'm not crazy. <laughs> There's definitely lavender in it. But, uh... And maybe that's where the purple's all about. Yeah, um, it would make sense. Um, man, this... They... Like, the the least good of the beers that they've done was st- still rated very highly for us. Yeah. No, it's, uh, this is, a. Um, we're gonna go with thumb up on this one. Just one thumb? One thumb. And I want to be clear that a thumb up is a very good rating, because we're talking out of five. Yeah, I guess so. The two thumb needs to be reserved to mean something. So one thumb means four out of five, then? Yeah. Okay, that's, that makes sense, because I was gonna put this on yeah. a four on Untapped. Oh, that, that, I'm I'm gonna I, I'm starting to I'm starting to actually use my untapped and I am or at least yesterday you were yeah and I, yeah there was taunting there me. was a an excessive number of magnify brews 
going down real easy yesterday. Yeah, it was the excessive was a amount of surprise. Excessive amount of passive aggressively tagging me because I hadn't technically wished you a happy birthday yet. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was more about the show than you. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of Untapped, while we're on the subject, guys, we mentioned yeah. it a couple weeks ago. I'll mention it again here. You can follow us at, at FLI6 on Untapped, and I bring it up because. A couple of the breweries that we featured on the show have toasted our check-ins, um, which I think is kind here, of cool. Here, here. Um, yeah. I think it was ten, awesome. 10 Bens, the one from Vermont. Do you remember that beer that exploded from the can without me opening it? Yep. Um, and Oyster Bay Brewing, the one that had the mm-hmm. Islanders beer that we did. Uh, both right. of them toasted us on Untapped. And also, on Twitter in the past couple of weeks, Cricket Hill and Ninkasi Brewing have... Uh, interacted with us a little bit on Twitter featuring our with our episodes that featured their uh, beers which I think is kind of cool so we're, we're getting out there we're trying to be more involved yes. with the social get out the there social aspect get out there be, be with the people society <laughs> <laughs> but yeah finishing off the uh, the topic on this beer specifically this beer is really good I would definitely drink again yeah absolutely 100%. I, ex- I expect uh, nothing less from Jack Tabby no at this point it's just like when when you give me a when I get my drop and there's a Jack's Abbey in there. The only negative thing is, is that, that it didn't come one. in pints. <laughs> well, a lot of their cans <laughs> do. It's only one. A lot of the Jack's the, Abbey cans are pints, but this one was not. Yeah, that's what I mean. And it's a session. Is that what they mean? Is that what their version of session is? Half the beer? Is I think that's how they're getting away with this. <laughs> no, I think it's because it's only uh, it's only five percent or just under five. Uh, I know what they're actually doing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> awesome. This is no. This is very good. I'm a, I'm a fan. Shall we dive into some news and nuggets? Sure. Why not? Let's start with that Far From Home trailer, okay. which damn was that good. Man, now, this has we been a long week. I completely forgot about that already. We can't really say too much. I guess I know Endgame spoiler territory is 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 here now because the Russos said that it's okay, and also this trailer. <laughs> so, so if you if you want if you're very excited for the spider-man far from home trailer as i was I, but if you haven't seen endgame yet yeah, don't don't watch it well the, and they were smart too because it's still been within that band of time where on the beginning of the trailer it says hey if you haven't seen endgame yet don't watch this trailer yet that's pretty smart i've never seen that before oh yeah no i appreciate it. and also it's that you don't you, you just adore tom holland <laughs> um yeah he seems to have captured a lot of hearts and minds yeah yeah Mine for sure. Uh, man, it looks real good. It's not what I was expecting at all. I didn't know. I don't know what this whole team up jam is going to be. This Mysterio, Nick Fury thing. I hear some, read some awesome rumors about like it's actually Scroll Nick Fury, and like, I don't know. It could be. Oh, it could be very. That. It could be interesting. I don't know. They could be two Mysterios. One could actually be good. One could be bad. Like it could be very cool. I think uh, in the trailer we get information that there is a multiverse allegedly 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 um so that could be interesting to see how that ties in with the mcu timeline uh it might open the door for some weird crossover stuff or it might be how they phase things in what's very interesting to me about this is that far from home is actually the final movie in phase three and i thought that it was the first movie of Phase 4. Me too, but I guess it makes sense considering it's going to be like a direct sequel to Endgame. Like, it's going to pick up mm-hmm. pretty quickly after. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it, no, it does, but it's... Uh, 
the side effect of that is that means that there's been no official announcement of movie or release date for any Phase 4. I have a note on that. That was one of my notes. It's a very short one, so I'll just stick it in here. What do you got? Um, There is heavily rumored that the Phase 4, at least the beginning of it, will be fully announced in July. I think specifically July 20th. It's um, one of those big convention or expo things. Where okay. they, they have, it's but it's private stuff, so like, media has access, but all the stuff isn't released to the public at that time. But there's like the big thing at, mm-hmm. at Hall H in whatever of event that is that they have every year. I can't remember which, which event it is now. Um, I think it's July 20th, and that's when it's all it's but confirmed. It's not Comic-Con? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's all but confirmed. I actually don't know when that is. I think that's fall. Is that fall? I don't remember. It's all been, it's been all but confirmed that that's when at least the next... Wave of them will be announced. They did announce this week the dates of the releases of the movies mm-hmm. uh, for Marvel for the next three or four years are all out there, but all of them are untitled. It's just the slot right. is right. is like this will be a Marvel movie, and I think it's two of them in 2020, two of them in 2021, and then I think three a year in 2022 and 2023. Oh, nice. That's pretty dope. That's also, you know what, that's consummate professionals they are putting that information out. Because all it is, is really just like, hey, guys, when we put a movie out this weekend, you probably don't want to. So I'm just going to tell you now, here's when it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's becoming a bigger and bigger game. I mean, it's been a thing for a long time now, since the inception of the modern blockbuster. Um, but mm. it's become a real strategic game now. Um, and we, I'll actually have another note on that later, but I don't want to get too far away from this trailer talk and the Marvel talk specifically right now. Um, but yeah, that's become like a real thing where it's like, okay, we have to make sure that we account for that movie is being released on that date. And you've seen some movies get shifted, um, even oh, yeah. after they've already been put on the slate. So, um, it's, it's a real impact. It, it, it really means the life and death of some movies financially. Absolutely. Um, there's been some rumbling that... That's possibly part of the reason why Longshot did so poorly. Um, what was, was the Longshot? Um, it, the, it was the Seth Rogen, um, Charlize Theron movie. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> um, it, it came out the weekend after Endgame, I think. So. That's, yeah. I, you know what? That movie actually does look entertaining. Um, not jumping out of my seat to go see it. No, but, but I, I actually read re- relatively favorable reviews, so. Yeah, if it's unfortunate though, if it was out on the weekend that this was, I we probably I probably would have seen it. Like, yeah, that yeah, it's right now because like we're at we're in we're in prime movie going time where I'm at the movies once a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and well, we got a run of them coming up with John Wick. Um, there's something else. There's two back to back week. Oh yeah, Aladdin and and John Wick are back to back weeks, right? Uh, I think so. Something else. Something else came out just the, or is coming out. To, oh, Detective Pikachu. Oh, that no, that's what I was. I wasn't thinking of Latin. I was thinking of Detective Pikachu and John Wick were coming yeah. out back to back weeks. Yeah, but I think uh, I think Detective Pikachu and Aladdin are the same day. Maybe it could be. I know that the embargo lifted. I think on Aladdin. Or I know oh, really? I was seeing like the recap. I was seeing the the Twitter recap from the the like the media premiere the other day. Um, so I think they must. It must be out today or tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, <laughs> just gonna just gonna pause here. Do you have anything? Do, do we want to? Okay. I figured this is what I'm gonna do now. When there's when I want to reset, 
I'm just going to do that so that there's a complete blank spot in the recording and I know where it is and it makes it easier to just edit. That works for me. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to get back into it. Are you going to want to pick back up with um, continuing on with the trailer or are we done with that trailer? Yeah. No, we'll, we'll, I'll continue on with it. Uh, so aside from the trailer looking fantastic and me already being ridiculously hyped for that movie just because I love, I love Tom Holland Spider-Man and I love what they're doing with Spider-Man this time around. Uh, how about those Endgame earnings thus far? <laughs> well, I know this morning uh, James Cameron sent a congratulatory note to the Russos about Endgame passing Titanic, which I thought That's was kind of cool. cool and nice. And I guess now they all have to play nice considering he's under the Disney banner as well right let's see how that works out i yeah man what's gonna happen with with those movies are those movies gonna happen i have a note on that later let's keep on with the trailer all right we'll keep on with the trailer uh so i had mentioned some i haven't looked too far into it i had mentioned there the rumors that i've heard some scroll nick fury that sounds pretty cool uh somebody also mentioned that there was a potential ben mendelson in the background of a scene in a school which could be interesting and could also lead to what we're talking about here, which would be great. Uh, more of him as that character, all for it. Oh, yeah. He absolutely killed it as that character. Just him in the doorway, drinking a milkshake. It's gold, Jerry. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, that's pretty much it I had on that trailer. I just, I'm, I'm very excited. And it's very soon. It's, it's, it's crazy. They just, I'm, I'm pumped. Is it ju- <laughs> July 1st, I think? Ridiculous. Uh, is it the first? And they, I know they moved it up a few days from what it was originally supposed to be. I think it's it's the first week of July. I, I forget what day. Exactly. Okay. Um, well, I guess that's a good opportunity to pass pass the torch to the It Two trailer that came out today. Tell me about it. Did you not have an opportunity to watch? I tried to give you enough leeway. I, did, I didn't. <laughs> I figured uh, you'd be excited since you were you seemed to enjoy the first one. You were excited for that one. I I am very excited. You let's, would drop uh, everything. Let's, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do it live right now. Okay. We're going to watch the It 2 trailer now. Yes, and you. I used to live here. Won't you come in? It's the least I can do. Is it like you remember? Don't, don't go in there. Well, you feel free to look around while I get the water boiling. Your hair is a No, no, no. No slow pan. Nope. Don't want that. What the goddamn hell was that? (laughs) Oh my god, this new age of horror with the abrupt running around. Oh, there's more of it. Don't worry. It's fine. Well, you feel like you could just about die. (laughs) But you know what they say about Derry? No one who dies here ever really dies. Alright, Creepshow. <laughs> nope, don't like this at all. <laughs> what the what the hell was that? Some cookies in the oven before you came. It's him. Right there. I shouldn't impose. I'm gonna. No, 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 no. I insist. 
Your photos are lovely, Miss Kirsch. Are these your family? My father came to this country with $14 in his pocket. What did he do, Mrs. Kirsch? Pay close My attention. My joined the circus. Stop! No! <laughs> I was always daddy's little girl. What about you? Are you still his little girl, Beverly? It's too dark. Are you? <laughs> what the hell is happening? <laughs> no! I'm uh, okay. I'm very excited to see this. Nope. That. Oh. oh nope. Don't like that. <laughs> Just tearing his own face off. Uh. God. <laughs> it's terrifying. Can't wait. <laughs> September. This is amazing. I know. It I'm gonna be creep back up on us pretty quick. It's unreal. That looks really good. That's uh. That, uh, I, I, I'm, it's going to be a little difficult to fall asleep with some of that. What was that? Was that a trailer or was that a first look? What is that? Um, they said it was a teaser, but it was a full-length trailer. It was a full-length trailer with, like, a, an actual segment. Was that, oh, I wonder, you said they said it was a teaser? Yeah. So I wonder if that's just a tone piece and that's not actually part of it. I'm sure it's got to be. We'll see, I guess. Why would they shoot? It was a lot. Of shooting Because it's so good. Like, yeah. that was really good. Yeah, no, it was. That's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't they include that in the movie? I don't know. I don't know. There's that scene, though, with the old lady, uh, long pause, just just staring at her with a dead smile. Um, that, no, that was, that's the worst thing that happened in that trailer. Two that things. was horrifying. Two things. One, horrifying. Two, did, was that purposely meant to be, like, a bastardization of the, the uh, Mark Hamill line, considering how, um... Great, it's been both in The Last Jedi and the trailer. The nobody's ever really gone, nobody yeah. who dies in Derry ever really dies. It yeah, felt, I, I don't it know. felt like it was kind of like a, a response to that line. <laughs> I, I, would, I would agree with that. That was, oh, that's good. I'm excited. That's gonna be, that's yeah, gonna be, yeah, it was, one. um, that was pretty creepy. I, I, I'll probably rewatch the first one beforehand just to get like get reacquainted with it again. I, I, it's one of those things like I don't really need to see a horror movie more than once. No. But I really did enjoy that movie. I thought it was a good movie overall. Yeah, I agree. So. I think that we I think that, that showed through when in our review of that yeah, movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, it was it was it was well done. I'm yeah, this is gonna be good. Also, I'm a big fan of James McAvoy, so I like I like seeing him in there. I gotta I hear him do talk much a little bit more. in the uh there was a little bit of a of a strange accent. Yeah. I saw I heard that. Uh you know what would be really great? <laughs> specifically because <laughs> this is a sequel and he's playing the character older but if they just if he just full on James McAvoy accent was just there <laughs> and they just ignored it and just didn't address it at all no one commented on he's it like, oh, just did you study Scottish. abroad or <laughs> but, no, yeah he's just he the character grew up to be Scottish <laughs> and, and that's it <laughs> maybe one slight jab at him but that's it <laughs> be all for it <laughs> It's so, it's so ridiculous. That's like if uh, you know Disney has that kind of fucking money. Like if they if they wanted to do that and it was their movie, 
like I, I'm waiting for the day when like the business execs like are just like they get older and older and they just go cuckoo and then they start doing things like that. Man, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be a fun time. Well, I had said the ultimate fuck you would have been Game of Thrones if they had um, had gone through with what would have been much better writing and had the Night King jet down to King's Landing while the fake battle was happening to distract them at Winterfell. Mm. Um, and then it ended with him sitting on the throne, having murdered Cersei and everyone, and everyone died and lost the Battle of Winterfell, and then the final three episodes were just black. Um, oh and my then god. The, the final <laughs> shot of the final episode was just him sitting, smiling on the throne, and that was it. That's fuck you money. That is true. They could have gotten away with it, too. Yeah. Well, it would have been better have than it. what's been going on. That's, that's fair. Um, last episode was mostly good. Well, it was things. good for the first two thirds, and then the ending. There you go. Okay, that's pretty much what I'm getting goodwill. at. Yeah, exactly. It's bad. It's unfortunate. And if you want to, like, it's just, it's, it's just disappointing. I'm not mad. It I'm is. just disappointed. <laughs> exactly. The uh, although Sunday should be, should be the jam though. Should it? This Sunday because should, at this point I don't trust be. them anymore. No, it. Oh, okay. It should be. <laughs> I never said it will be. I said it should be. You know my second to last episode theory. It's it's gonna it, it should be amazing. Moving on to Sonic. Again? Do so we have to? This we do. Specifically because since the internet was so outraged with how Sonic looked, um how right. Sonic's Ben Affleck baby teeth looked. Correctly, may mind you, correctly upset. Sure. sure. No, absolutely. Hundred percent agree. Uh they there were statements out that that's not the final way that he's gonna look uh he's gonna look much different in the actual movie this is because this is obviously backtracking because of the visceral reaction that the fans had to it um what can you do that's 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 gonna be the question that i posed to you but before i do that one fan said (laughs) tweeted out a picture they've made some significant improvements so far to the way sonic looks and they superimposed watto's face on him (laughs) and it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of a line to like just drop it real quick and there was nothing I could get that was like was it would have been any good um, hmm. and I just watched both of the ones that he was in uh, very recently because I told you I was having my sister sit down and watch all the movies and she's been a good sport about it I've been very proud of her she, we watched the second one uh, the other night um, mm. and it's good because like she's like into it and interactive and like, this is, like she asked me a couple times like Pause, hey, explain to me what's going on here, or is this setting up something later on? And so I'll be like, oh yeah, this is the backstory you're missing, or you know what? I'm going to hold off, just keep that in mind, because it's going to matter a little bit later. Stuff nice. like that. We tried to find some ways to, I tried to, to hint to her to like, okay, focus here. Yes, this is one of the worst scenes ever. It got to the point where like, when when they left, I was like, well, sorry, when they first sat down with, with Padme and, and Anakin, when they first see each other again, I'm like... Okay, this is going to be really cringy, but, like, funny cringy. I was like, but then we're going to get a bunch of scenes from them that aren't funny anymore. And it's just bad. <laughs> and I was like, so me and Dominic play a bit of a game where there's some lines that are so bad that they're now good because we found ways to co-opt them into something that we can mm. laugh through the tears at. And so I'm just trying to hint to her, like, okay, one of those lines is coming up. See if you can figure out which one it is. And it would come out, and I would just hear... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which, okay. So, which line is it? Uh, well, there's a few of them. There's the she where she says where she talks about going to the beach and being on the the oh. sand, and 
Uh, the I sand, sand. I can't do the sand one. It's so bad. And me, me and Dominic do that one all the time. Um, there's the one about, um, yeah, not not just the men, but the women and the children too. <laughs> slaughter them like animals. <laughs> They're animals, and I slaughter them like animals. <laughs> oh my there's, God. there's another one too that's not up to the par of those two, but um, sure. Yeah, so I should have had a waddle line ready to go, and I didn't. So let's get back to the to the Sonic oh my God. thing. That's right. I mean, that what can they really do at this point? Because well, I saw a picture. Uh, someone took a still of the scene where he does like the slow motion Quicksilver thing, where he's got like all the the missiles mm-hmm. coming at him, and they just took him and they pushed the brow down and they made the sharp angled line up. Oh, the so eyes. They, they turn him into the more aggressive Sonic, and it immediately looks like video game Sonic. It's like okay, you're right. That it, and at that point, his mouth is closed, so you don't see the baby teeth. But just that tweak of the eyes, like, yeah, 100%. Here's my question. Why don't they go full Space Jam and just give me the animated cartoon Sonic? That would have been great. Because they gave... Sometimes a big budget is more of a curse than a blessing. Mm, That's fair. Because you feel like you have to justify it. So you get individually wavy Sonic hairs, which no one actually needs. And then you get... Ben Affleck's baby teeth, because they're just sitting on someone's shelf somewhere, because they... I, I just imagine they've been... <laughs> no, <laughs> I just imagine they because were they, removed, and they've just been full implants, so those baby they teeth made a, to be They made a use. baby CG Sonic, and then they... That Sonic actually grew in the computer. <laughs> but they forgot to code tooth growth. And that's and that's where we lie. Uh, that movie's gonna be a train wreck... Uh, moving on, <laughs> a movie that's probably not going to be a train wreck, something that I'm actually very excited to see. Have you seen the trailer for Changeland? No, I have no idea what that is. Okay, so I'm going to pull this up real quick so that I can give you the uh, the synopsis. This is uh, Seth Green's uh, movie. He wrote and directed it. If you listen to Armchair Expert, he spoke of this movie when he was on uh, that episode. It was oh probably, yeah, I, I actually listened to that one uh, like a month ago. So the synopsis is uh, from IMDb, as usual. They shot, they shot it in like Vietnam or something, right? Thailand. Or Thailand. Uh, or yeah. So while visiting Thailand, two estranged friends realize there's no rule book for finding purpose and meaning in life. Uh, that doesn't really give you anything. If you watch the trailer, you find out that uh, his, his wife or fiance has, of a long time has been cheating on him for over a year. And he goes to Thailand and he's like trying to live his life and enjoy himself and you know working with his like of his friend to do that and and live there to like you know and just have a good time uh, so, it just it, it looks heartwarming and just like a good a good indie style film so it's eat pray love for dudes sure uh <laughs> yeah absolutely uh it, it does it looks it looks good uh i love seth green i'm actually i like breckin meyer uh he's in it oh he, is he? he's okay. playing he's playing the friend uh macaulay culkin's in it that's a weird mm-hmm. trio of guys <laughs> just to be and, in anything. Uh, right? And and Brent, Brenda Song is in it also. Uh, she's going to be the the love interest in Thailand from what I gather from the trailer. Interesting. Uh, if you're not familiar with her, she actually worked with Seth Green on uh, Dads. Yeah. She was in that show. I, that show was actually really silly. I didn't ever uh, get around to watching it. It only lasted a season or two, right? Yeah, it was it was quick. Uh, it was, I I enjoyed it. It was kind of fun. It's not, it's not a great show. It's not like you know 
high class television. It, just, <laughs> it was just entertaining to watch. Uh, she was, was also in the Social Network, if you remember uh, her from that. Oh, I remember her from when she was uh, a Disney star. Um, okay. My brother and sister watched um, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and she was on that. Oh, okay. Cool, um, cool, and cool. then I think she did, you know, the whole route where they do like, oh, you're going to do like the Disney TV movie, et cetera, so on. So she did a bunch of those things. But yeah, I remember seeing her crop up on uh, Social Network. And I think something else as well recently, or maybe I heard her choosing cast in something recently. I can't remember well, now. That comes out June 7th. Uh, so I'm I'm going to make that part of the show. That looks that looks good. I, I, will, uh, I will see it. I, I like Seth Green. Uh, yeah. I've always been a fan. Yeah, same. Cool. Uh, those are my three news nuggets notes, so huh, okay. why don't you take it away? I have two other things. Um, do you want movie news or beer I news? Love, you know what? Let me just pause you right here. I love when you give me choices. It feels like a choose-your-own-adventure <laughs> book. Like It feels like Goosebumps back in the 90s. Yeah. I, that, I got that, that glittery cover book with the purple alligator on it. You know what I'm talking about? And I, <laughs> I finished that book in four pages. Wow. It said... You, I was reading through it. It was like, do you want to go to the creepy theme park? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it brought me to the probably the single happy ending where I'm alive. My friends think I'm a wuss, <laughs> but they're probably all dead now. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, choosing my own adventures. So what were my options? Uh, your options were movie news or beer news. Let's go beer news. Okay. Probably a wise choice. Um, so, uh, the headline, maker of Sam Adams beer to buy Dogfish Head Brewery for about $300 million. Dang. The Boston Beer Company, uh, is the maker of Sam Adams, has agreed to acquire craft beer maker Dogfish Head Brewery for about $300 million. The company's announced to, uh, Thursday afternoon, Dogfish Head will receive 406,000 shares of Boston beer based on a share price of $314.60. And $173 million in cash, with most of the cash going to Dogfish Head's investors. In total, that makes a payment of $300.7 million. Dogfish Head co-founders Sam and Mariah Caligione are taking substantially all of their payment in the form of Boston Beer stock and will become the second largest non-institutional holders of the stock behind Boston Beer founder Jim Koch. Sam Caligione will join the Boston Beer board. And Dogfish Head's nearly 400 workers will be absorbed into the company. This merger better positions Dogfish Head and our co-workers to continue growing. Um, Boston Beer Chief Executive Dave Berwick will lead the combined company. Um, Boston Beer said Dogfish Head expects to collect revenue of $110 million to $120 million in 2019. Uh, Boston Beer stock went up 0.1% after hours trading Thursday after the merger plan was announced. Thoughts? Where, where was this from? Uh, this is on Market Watch. Uh, I this was published tonight, like it was at like five p.m. I've never been. It's funny. I I've never been a huge fan of Dogfish Head. I would feel like, I feel like if I was a big fan of it, I'd probably be like, oh. okay, because I'm a pretty big fan, and my brother's a really big fan, and that, I know your that, brother loves their beer. That was uh, that was kind of my response. I I don't love these sorts of things. It's not the same as like a Budweiser or. An, whatever buying it but mm -hmm. i don't and it is it does seem like it's a it's a merger more than just an out and out acquisition so there's sure. vested interest in them staying good instead of just staying profitable so that's a plus but i don't love i i'm not a big like oh death to the corporation and all that stuff i think there's you know pros and cons to all that stuff i'm a fan of capitalism 
and all that. We don't need to get into a politics or economics discussion. Sure. Um, but when it comes to beer stuff specifically, I generally prefer that the craft breweries, even a big one like Dogfish Head, even one that barely fits the qualification like Boston Beer Company, um, I don't love when they get kind of quote-unquote too big for their britches, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. selling out to a larger company. So right. I, I just I just kind of cringe a little when I see this sort of thing. It's not the end of the world. I'm sure they'll still make good beer. I'll still enjoy it. I visited Dogfish Head when I was in Delaware a couple of years ago. It was a cool time. I liked the place a lot. I really like a lot of their beers. They have a million of them, and some of them are too expensive, yeah. but they make really good beer, and they have clearly have a passion for it, and the people who've gone through there working it have popped up in other craft breweries and opened them themselves. They are an excellent um, feeder program to other craft breweries popping up and making really good beer, so there is a lot of positives to that place. Right. No, I mean, I guess the best case scenario could be that it's Dogfish continues to make their beer, that people love and it just gets, you know, they get more backing and they can distribute further. Like that's, that's the best case scenario. They continue to be themselves with the, the, the monetary benefits of being part of something much larger. Uh, the drawback could be there's, there's the, just the, the straight trash corporation beers like Budweiser and Coors. And if you, the closer you get to that, you, you like it's it could just become garbage and that's that would be the concern right and i know yeah. actually i i have nothing against sam adams i i i like their stuff yeah um but there is it's it is kind of funny you go into uh any any place that has beer on tap and it's like you will see bud cores and boston lager right and it that one kind of does fit to me in like the vein of like I don't actually want to drink that. It's just... I actually... Blah. I mean, like, if you give me a choice of those, I'm going to choose Sam Adams 10 out of 10 times. Over those three? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think it's a legitimately good beer. And I'm not a big, like, plain lager guy, but I, I like that one well enough because I think there actually is some character to it that I don't find from even some of the really good German... Even though I can appreciate from a craft standpoint what those Germans are, it's just not the flavor that I prefer, generally speaking. Sure. Um... But, yeah, Sam Adams already flirts with the line of full commercial as opposed to craft. That's um, what I'm getting at, yeah. Because, and I remember when we were at Dogfish Head, they talked about what their, what they were in size and scope in relation to Sam, which is the biggest craft one, I think, or at least it was as of that couple of years ago. Right. And the thresholds to be considered... to be now. Yeah, the thresholds for to be craft are... I think it had to be under 6 million barrels per year production. Um, and ownership stake had to be no more than 49% by institutions. Um, okay. So, and as they said, like the majority holding is by, um, what's his name, Jim Coke. And um, now the second highest non-institutional holder will be the owners or the founders of Dogfish Head. Um, right. But they still have a substantial holding that's pub because it's publicly traded, you know, Boston Beer Company. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's probably not the end of the world, but it just it always makes me give it some side eye when I see this sort of thing happen. Yeah, you just gotta go. Mm, and as far as the mean? yeah, and as far as the argument you were saying about distribution and increased money and all that, 
when I was there just a couple of years ago, it was two years ago, I think, um, they were just getting done or about to be done a full additional production line. Like they were going to oh, be wow. like, like tripling their output over the next couple of years. So wow. I, I don't think that was really a concern. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting then. I mean, I'm sure for them, the money's good. Yeah. No, I don't begrudge people getting money, especially when they do yeah. good work. Like I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. begrudge them that aspect of it. It's just the way that this sort of thing goes tends to give me pause. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens. We'll have dominant quality control dogfish head for <laughs> for the coming years, and uh, let us know. All right. So give me that. Give me that sweet, sweet movie news. Okay. Did you see this week that Disney gave out its slate of movies coming through? 2025 all its major releases did you see that no okay so they all their major releases they put on the board Um, okay so we have in the next few years um the major ones in december will be and this the reason i brought this up was because you asked about avatar earlier avatar Mm -hmm. 2 has officially been pushed back one year under this plan to be released december 17th of 2021 then, in December 16th of 2022, we have an untitled Star Wars movie. Okay. Then December 22nd of 2023, we have Avatar 3. Then December 20th of 2024, untitled Star Wars movie. Okay. And then so on and so forth through December of 2027. Every year we'll alternate between an Avatar, Avatar or Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. Cool. I guess that actually means it'll happen. Yes, and that's why I said hold off until later. We'll talk about it. Um, and they also mentioned a few other things here. Uh, the Gambit movie, Long Just Dating, uh, has officially been killed. Um, okay, that's probably a good thing. The animated film Spies in Disguise has been bumped to Christmas of this year. What? Call, of, Call of the Wild, starring Harrison Ford, has been moved to February of next year. Um, Did he get hit by a door again? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sensitive. Yeah, he broke his leg, man. Um, <laughs> free guy. The Ryan Reynolds, Sean Levy video game movie is coming out in July third of twenty twenty. A Bob's Burgers movie is coming July seventeenth of twenty twenty. Both of those had been previously announced. Nimona, based on Noel Stevenson's webcomic, has been moved to moved a year to March third, twenty twenty one. The new Indiana Jones project is still scheduled for July 9th, twenty twenty one. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's a lot of uh, stuff. From Disney. That is a um, lot. That is indeed a lot. Uh, I think the. I'm curious. I'm I'm very curious what's gonna happen. Like at, at this point, it's so weird to me to get an Avatar sequel at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, that will have officially been over twelve years. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like twelve and a half years, basically. That's oh my god. I mean, why like, not? It was twelve years between Titanic and Avatar. So. True. I don't know. It's it's not going to have the same like, I, like waiting that many years for Star Wars. Great, right? When it comes back, it's like holy shit. Well, we've or, talked about that for a, for a while now that we wouldn't mind a bit of a break from between 2019 and the next release, especially yeah. especially a break for the numbered saga, which there technically it sounds like this is the end of it. What I imagine that will mean is it's the end of the Skywalker specific saga. <clears throat> Because I'm right. sure eventually they'd like to revisit it down the line. But I figured it was going to be, especially since nothing is currently being filmed, we were going to get at least a two-year break. We got The Mandalorian to occupy ourselves. We have Star Wars Resistance, if that's your thing. Right. Um, and I'm sure we'll see one or two other things that 
might pop up between now and then. Oh, and the the uh, the final season of uh, the Clone Wars is coming back as well um, at some time in the future. So uh, three years seems like a perfectly reasonable amount of time for me to wait for a Star Wars movie. I'm totally yeah. good with three years. I don't want to have to wait ten years again. You know what I mean? Right. No, for sure. That's fair. And then we'll get one every other year. That sounds like a great... I think they, they would have been fine just sticking to the once a year thing. And they pushed it and they've admitted that that was the wrong thing to do. And okay, no big deal. We made our mistake. We've learned from it. We're moving on. I'm good with that. What I'm curious about though is you, you're you coming at us with a Star... Say when you're coming at us with a Star Wars and you're going to say, okay, uh, every two years for the next you know, six, we're going to, you're going to get a numbered entry. That's what happened, right? We got seven, eight, nine. Great. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. 15, 17, 19. You're talking about a, something very popular. You know, like there's no way there's under no circumstances was, were those movies not going to be pulling in a boatload of money, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it was the same, even if the movie was hot trash, it would have still made a crap load of money because of what it is. Banking on, I'm sorry, it was three Avatar sequels? Uh, four. Four? Okay. Yes, the fifth, on... the fifth one will come out December 17th of 2027. <laughs> Baking on four Avatar 18 sequels. 18 years after the first one. <laughs> that, that, that's what concerns me. Is there's, they don't know. The, reason, the first Avatar movie made a crap load of money because it was a feat in technical engineering. The, the way that movie looked, the way things felt... The movie's not story wise. It's not a great movie. It's, it's a very it's, it's a dull Pocahontas. I, it, yeah, and I I I'm entertained by it. I I think it's fun, but it's not a great movie. And it's it was very technically impressive when it came out, and that's I think was part of the draw. It was this, it was an event really when you saw it. It was like this crazy experience, and I don't know how that's going to translate to five more entries, well four more entries into the series. Of something that doesn't necessarily have the best story. And what... I, I don't know that there's that rabbit of a fan. Like, if the, if the sequel fails, are they still going to go? Uh, well, I think at this point, the rest of the series is kind of too big to fail. Because, remember, much like Lord of the Rings, they shot these things all back to back. So, yeah. the, it's, a sunk, it's a sunk cost. You have to release them because you need to make back I, I, I guess. some of the movie. You, like, like, the money that you spent on it. Like, they're going to spend years on some of the CGI specific things, but they will have the principle of photography is, is or will already have been done by that time. Well, it's very interesting because under, I normally, I don't quite, I, I'm like confident in Disney, right? I'm like, oh, you're going to make a thing. I'm probably going to love it. Like they've, they have not gotten it wrong for me. And the, I'm, I'm questioning this. But this isn't, what, what you have to remember with this is, this was started under the banner of Fox. Um, so this was a big chunk of that acquisition of Fox by Disney. So they have a vested interest in this thing succeeding. So Mm -hmm. knowing that they have gotten so many things correct with their creative arms for the last few years, I expect them to, at bare minimum, churn out quality products. Sure. Um, and to your point, I agree, totally agree with the question of whether or not there is a big market for this thing but what i will say is a lot of people were kind of questioning avatar itself when it was coming out like why have we been waiting 12 years for james cameron to do this thing and he was literally inventing the technology to make that movie and again 12 years 
I expect that a lot of that will be going on. So when we say I don't know what it is that can that it can sell me on, it can be one of two. It can be two pillars that it'll be built on. One, hey, we realize that the story was fairly simplistic. We're gonna go do new bigger things, and we've been spending all this time building more new technology you've never seen before. Again, right. and because I, I have to imagine that would be the only reason why it's taken this long. Right. If you if you give us this movie and there is a there's a very real possibility that when we see this movie that it is indistinguishable that it is cg and it will look and feel practical that is probably the, the thing that you can do is blur that line so much that you can't see it anymore and if they can pull that off that might be why it took so long maybe they are working on some new crazy shit for this because as um, you said it was so possible. groundbreaking the last time around mm-hmm. like, I, and if you want to say you know oh i need to have something to trust I trust that James Cameron will do it again because yeah. he did a pretty bang up job of it last time. Yeah, I remember being in uh, one of my. I was think it was computer, computer graphic. It wasn't. It wasn't like a graphics course. It was like how graphics work within a computer, okay. like how visual display works and how it goes from the card to the screen and all that. And I this was one of my few professors in college that I actually adored. I thought everything that he taught, like I was like wait, like I'm bated breath, but like waiting for him, like with everything that he said, it was like I, he just was so fascinating to me. Uh, this was the, I think I might have mentioned part of the story before, where this was the guy that explained. He's like he was telling he tells us so many stories of his career and how and, and how like, and the things that they've built and like where things went wrong and how like they adjusted and all this stuff and he's like when we made the mouse and I was just like I'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> so and like that like that kind of cool and he was talking about his son was also very smart very into computers like very into tech and he's like he was telling us about his how his son is working on these cameras for some James Cameron movie. And like that, that was really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that it, what it ended up becoming, and like that was it was a spectacle when it came out. Like I said, it was just unreal. Um, I don't. There's no, but that was a thing that we knew early on that like, was being developed and worked on to build that out. So I, I I don't know any of that information right now about these new ones. So I'm curious to see where it goes. And well, and like I said, it'll probably be fine. It'll probably be great. Uh, with under Disney's guidance, I, it will succeed. But uh, it's the it's the first thing in a while where I'm I have not from them that I've not just been like oh it'll be it'll be fine it's them I'm just like eee, how are they gonna pull this one off? <laughs> well, I guess yeah. I think that also probably is built into why it's getting pushed back a year. Is Disney's like okay we're getting on board with this right? Let us get our clout behind what you're doing and let's make sure considering how much money you've already put into this that we get it right. Yeah, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm. I am definitely intrigued. <laughs> I'm very curious where this is going to go. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Uh, any other news and notes? Uh, oh. Yeah, we'll save it for next week. No big deal. So we're diving into our flick of the week? Let's do it. Oh, nice. What yeah, that's right. What is that? Penny Topper. Oh, nice. Where'd you get that? Yeah. Uh, Barrett. Oh, cool. My cousin. He's, uh, he, so he's moving to Vermont. And he recently brought back a bunch of beer from there. Wait, they're moving they're, to Vermont? Yeah, they are. And he was, uh, he's like, I've got, I'm going to be, he came to, we, we all went to my mother-in-law's house and we were having a day there. He brought some beers and he, uh, 
he was like, I brought some extra that you need to take because we need to empty our beer fridge. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, okay, twist my arm. <laughs> so we had, that was a good day. We had some Petty Topper, we had some Vocal Banger, and we had a few other ones from around Vermont. It was, it was very, very good. So diving in to our flick of the week, the 89 Tim Burton Batman. Now this is really just a treat for me. This is just wonderful. So would you call it a delight? It was a delight. <laughs> uh, getting to see this on the big screen was really fantastic. I, I, they re-released it for the 30th anniversary. It uh, was this Saturday. I went to go watch it. It started off my birthday week bonanza. It, it's, it was, it's been fantastic, uh, which is coming to a close tomorrow with Topgolf. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, seeing this on the big screen uh, for the first time was awesome. Watching it with Kim, who had not seen it before, great. Especially that she enjoyed it, that made it even better. <laughs> it's a legitimately so it, good movie. It it is a very it's a good movie. It's got it like any movie. It has its flaws, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into some, into some of those. But let's do the IMDb synopsis of this because I think it's fun. Uh, the Dark Knight of Gotham City begins his war on crime with his first major enemy being the clownishly homicidal Joker. <laughs> clownishly <laughs> homicidal Joker. Well, uh, what what was the line about uh, homicidal artist? What I, what was the line he says? Oh my god. At the uh, art museum. Yeah. I, I only was able to keep track of like three or four like quotable so lines. Difficult. I figured you'd have much more I, of them. I don't have it, but there because there's so many good ones in this movie. That whole that whole like riff that he goes on in that scene where he sits down and he says, you know, I'd like you to join me in the avant garde and you yeah. know, this whole thing. Consider her more of a uh blank slate. <laughs> Little song, a little dance. Batman's head on a lance. <laughs> this, you know what? Let's dive right in. Let's just because the otherwise we're just going to be like beating around it for too long. But the the Joker is the it. Jack Nicholson's Joker gives birth to the Joker that we know today. It the on screen the first time on screen that we see the Joker that we all recognize now. The clown I know, prince of crime. The clown prince of crime. Yes, and. The he gets the psychotic like actions down. He you know what some of his best scenes in this movie by himself. Yeah, they're amazing. He has one whole scene after he's fried a guy. And guys, the movie's thirty years old, so some of the effects do Uh, not hold up. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Also, no. I'm just saying, like, we're just gonna talk right about this movie. Yeah. The spoilers and all. Um, after he fries the guy. Oh, and what if we say no? Well, then we'll simply shake hands and walk away. Nobody wants a turf war. And he shakes his hand, and he's got, like, one of those ridiculous shocker things on his hand, but instead it actually does electrocute the guy. Turns him bright red, which I don't... And then he just bursts into flames. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> got a live one here. <laughs> he's, he's, so, he's so ridiculous. Uh, so, now here's where the... This is one of those scenes that I didn't actually... I didn't fully remember this part of it, and I don't know that I've necessarily ever caught it in this much clarity. Uh, but so fried guy is sitting at the head of the table, and everybody else has, has run out because they chased them out. And Jack Nicholson is walking around behind him, and then he just starts reacting to nothing. And you realize he's having a conversation yep. with the dead guy. And it's great. He has a one-sided conversation because you can't hear it, but he can. And he plays it very well that he can hear it because of the reactions that he makes. I should grease them all right now. 
You're one sick son of a bitch. <laughs> and then he fixes his tie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He's... Jack Nicholson is having a damn good time in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's funny too, because I'm like... I mean, on the one hand, you could tell he's fully like into this role. But at that time, you didn't know that this sort of movie could work. And no. Sure, it's a little campy at times, though it doesn't go... As much as it's Tim Burton, and Tim Burton is going to get campy, it still lays off the camp, like, compared to, like, the Joel Schumacher Schumacher one. Like, you know, it's, like, it's actually surprisingly restrained at times. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, it it picks at spots. It knows when it should go full psycho. Um, But at that time, you didn't know that a movie like this could work. Because, really, the only forerunner to this was the Reeves Superman movies, which are Mm -hmm. distinctly different types of movies. Oh, absolutely. Those are more, like superhero serials you know what i mean yeah this actually and i've seen a lot of this movie in the past but not since i was very young and i don't think i've ever seen it all the way through and i haven't seen any of it other than like the odd clip or two in a very long time um but this movie works so well because in a lot of ways it holds up to the thing that you and i have been pushing for a couple of years now where it's not really a superhero movie, at least not no. all the time. Um, no. It's like an old school noir movie. <laughs> yes. With Batman and the Joker in a weird anachronistic late 1980s slash also the 1930s yeah. like vibe and tone, which you know works and doesn't work at times. You know what the thing it reminded me of while watching it a lot of was Archer. Okay. From the first couple seasons of the show where... It's clearly modern day because, like, they have, like, GPS satellites and, like, cell phones and all this sort of stuff. But at the same time, it's a distinctly 1970s, like, office. Like, the office is direct copy, almost, of some of the offices in Mad Men. Um, And, like, they have, like, the old school, like, readouts of, like, computers and stuff like that. And, like, the cars are old and the same thing in this. Like, they're driving, like, 1940s cars... But, like, he's got, like, a normal, like, TV and computer from the late 1980s. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's so funny. It is, it is, uh, this movie, I, I don't think you can argue, like, it, it paves the way for the, the comic book movies that we have today. I didn't realize quite how revolutionary this movie was, even and, though it definitely has some very distinct hallmarks of the late 80s movies. Absolutely. And some very it, distinct hallmarks of that era of Burton filmmaking. Right. It Like I said, it paved the way for what we have today, but it also, with those things that it had, the, those those drawbacks, that's the direction that they unfortunately went in for a bit before we came back to the, what we have now. Yeah, they doubled down on the wrong parts of it. Right, right. And I think even more so thinking about this, looking at this movie, looking at the character, this is the first... So, like, again, a lot of first time on screen... For getting this right, getting the Dark Knight right, though I will arguably, uh, they get him the most wrong, probably, and we'll we'll get into some of that. <laughs> some I, of it, yeah. Uh, I, I've got that. the The Joker is the one that is uh, is amazing to me, and uh, is how how well they got the Joker, and how yeah. amazing he plays that part and pulls off the psychopath that I know and love from the comics, from 
growing up from the cartoon. From I, this was the first one that that was on screen doing it that way. Well, and that was that was the point that I was actually starting to get to, and I kind of distracted myself with a rabbit hole. I'm surprised <laughs> that the the level of buy-in that Jack Nicholson had for a movie that there's no reason for it to work the way it does at that at that point in our history. Right. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't a more cynical take by the actor. And instead, he leans into it and goes completely overboard even at times. And it's to his credit for the most part. I was surprised because there's times where he could have just been like, guys, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, right. really? Are this like when he pulls the revolver out of his pants uh. and it's got a barrel <laughs> that was down to his ankle? Like, I can't, I don't understand how he does that scene. You know what I mean? And there's a couple other things like that. Like, the thing, like you were just talking about, electroshocking the guy to death. Like, yep. I, can't, I have to imagine when they were shooting that scene, like, he's like, guys. <laughs> Come <what> on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just him getting into it, at, uh, taking this, again, things that I love, the Joker that I love, the Batman that I love, it all, it really all stems from, and I'm saying the on-screen version of it, it really stems from this, and I say that this paves the way for the comic book movie that we have today and how we build things. More importantly, and I didn't realize this again until rewatching the film, the Nolan Batman pays so much homage to this movie In that it's ways. so. First off, just the the general style and craziness of the Joker. They took that, they turned it up, but they they added a little bit more realism to it. That's well, how yeah, they, they got. They, they reined him in in the madcap slapstick stuff and right. they applied to it a more late 2000 sensibility to it and the character himself. Exactly. If you, it's really, it'd be really awesome to watch a few scenes side by side of the sixties, the sixties Joker, Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger and, and seeing that transformation. It's unreal. Now shot for shot scenes like to, the, the scene with the mob bosses where he shakes that guy's hand. That is the scene with the magic trick in the yeah. Dark Knight, like it's uh, that's what I mean. Like where they, it's really is uh, the Dark Knight really was like okay, let's make this movie now. Let's make it today. Let's make it how movies are made. And man, like it's so good. It's well, they, tra <laughs> they traded in the nineteen eighty nine Burton whimsy for the two thousand eight Nolan gritty realism. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. The um, we got. <laughs> So a couple of those lines. So yeah, he pulls out that giant ridiculous revolver. Later on, though, he retracts it, and that's <laughs> I think that's just taking the joke even like just another just another step further. And then, and then, without you, I simply wouldn't want to live. And he pulls the trigger, and the bang thing comes. Out. Yes, yes. At times, this movie got surprisingly meta, which I didn't even know was a thing that that was a part of movies back then. Right. Because and that's you know talk about homages. That's an homage to the '60s show with with um with was it Caesar Romano? Is that who yep. it was who played mm -hmm. uh, the the Joker in the '60s? You got him. Gun that goes bang. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. How about okay? So I know we're we're talking about like lines and scenes from the very end of the movie. And while we're here, one of my one that I I don't know that I've I've definitely heard it before, but like I really focused on it this time because I thought it was so funny. It was when. We truly are Beauty and the Beast, but if anybody else calls you a beast, I'll rip their lungs out. <laughs> I found one of the other lines that I couldn't remember. It was, the pen is truly mightier than the sword. <laughs> <laughs> he murdered a guy with a quill. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. Which again, I, uh, there's a, your inspiration for the gamble scene, right? One hundred percent. That that scene too. Like I also I like that the uh, the changes that he makes to his makeup and like he does like the little lips, the little clown lips in that scene. Oh yeah, because they were all the mimes, right? Yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny. It man, he's just he's out of control. What kind of a world do we live in? Where a man dressed as a bat steals all my press. <laughs> also, he, I love how during that scene, that was the one where he had the huge boxing glove shoot at the TV, right? Yep. Yeah, mounted. It was on a mounted cannon <laughs> sitting right next to him that he pulls the trigger on. And it, if I remember correctly, that's the second time he destroyed the TV. The first time was with a flare gun. I don't remember which one came first, but yes, he shot multiple <laughs> televisions. <laughs> so another funny thing uh, is, I don't know if you picked up on this, but his henchmen. Did you notice their Joker patch? Uh, it took me a while, but yes, I eventually did. And the cards the, on the sleeves. Yeah, they have the animated Joker the that we know and love from the comics as the patch of their joker henchman-ness <laughs> yeah i think it was really funny like and that's a that's a fun thing to pepper into the costume design right and uh another another great i i laughed real hard at this just because especially because we had watched mall rats recently and we did the episode on it where does he get those wonderful toys <laughs> yes. it's, it's so good oh my god there's, there's there's genuine envy in that line yep oh absolutely you know what i love also at the end, when he's, you know, they're going over the city, they got the balloons. Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry, let's stop there, because that was one of the great lines that I was considering for the opening. My balloons. He stole my balloons! He stole my balloons! <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the first one is just, yeah, it's it like... sounds like an actual dejected five-year-old who lost his balloon that he mm-hmm. got at the circus. Like, my, my balloons. And then it comes back again. He stole my balloons. And then it comes back again, and then he starts yep. going nuts, and he starts screaming. <laughs> oh, my God. Carl, give me your gun. Bang! <laughs> I, th- I, felt, I felt bad for... Was that was it Bob? Was that his name? Right? Oh, I think it's Bob. I said Carl, but it's... Yeah. Oh, my God. That, uh, that, that just... One of the best... His best... Maybe his best scene uh, is when he grabs Bob's shoulders. Bob. Oh, that creeped me, that creeped me out you so much. Oh my number one... <laughs> what the fuck was he doing? <laughs> he was making fun of. Oh my god, why can't I remember? Was he making name? fun of Jack Palance? Jack Palance did it to him. Jack, you're my number one guy. He I was doing that, that exact line. And what I want to know is did he just do that? Did he pull that out from watching cuts? Like, that because makes sense it's perfect. Because I watched that scene and I was like, that had to have been some sort of creepy improv because there's no way they just put that into the script. <laughs> you are. <laughs> there's, there's another line that was pretty obviously, at least uh, at least I thought it seemed obvious that he was improving when um, at the very end when they're dangling from the balcony mm-hmm. and he he's he, he had pulled the two of them down below him and he's laughing at them and he turns and he looks at the gargoyle and he goes, what are you, what are you laughing, laughing at? at? <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns back to them. Yeah, <laughs> like getting getting the crazy laugh, like like bringing him out to life. It's you know it's Jack Nicholson. He did this. You know what? Some of the the laughs actually. You know what? It, it even reminded me of in a, a completely ulterior world here. Well, I don't know what I just did there. Alternate world. <laughs> he he could have been the emperor as well. Mm. That laugh would have totally worked. And if he could buy into <laughs> being the Joker, why couldn't yeah. he buy into being Emperor Palpatine? 
Yeah, no, that would that'd be great. Not that I would oh, ever man. want to change from Ian McDiarmid. I'm just no. saying, in, in, no. in, in, in an he alternate world, he, he could have done do it. it. If one other person's going to do it, yeah, will allow but him to be. I didn't person. realize that Jack Palance was in this movie. I complete. I saw it and I was like, oh my god, what are the chances? <laughs> Don't forget your lucky deck. He's yeah, he's he's over the top dramatic too. That scene where he kills him. Okay, something really awesome here. He walks. Uh, that's the sugar bumps line. Yes. Uh, no, sugar bumps. And so he walks in, and he's in the shadows, and he's got this hat on. And this is a great scene, because this is a, I think it's the killing joke. The scene where he walks in with, he has like a, not, it's not the exact outfit, but he has like a similar type of hat, but it's like, it's much more dramatic in the car. Yeah, the, the wide, wide brim hat and everything. He, walking in into through the doorway with the light shining like that that's like pulled directly like this is that's what's amazing to me is that's like a pulled from the page comic scene which is probably like the earliest version of that on film because i don't remember feeling that way about any of the scenes in superman yeah like like off the page where this was like you freeze frame this and you just like it's a sketch like on top of a page like that's yeah it's really well done and when he comes into the light and you see him call me joker like i just Get to, it gets to the point, like, I'm the Joker, I'm ridiculous, like, I look like this, like, they really, they don't, it's funny, because they don't waste a lot of time with things like that, and they do, there is a lot of, uh, when we can get, we, there's, there's dips in the pacing throughout the movie. Yeah, um, but I actually thought it was paced well. Oh, overall, it's fine, there, there is just a little bit of hit and miss, what I, what I do love about it. I, I would I would I'm sure somebody's got the numbers on this. There's probably equal screen time between Batman and, and Joker. I, I it might even be more, well, more Joker. If you're saying <laughs> Batman slash Bruce Wayne, then no, he takes it. But if you're talking Batman versus Joker, the Joker takes it. Yeah, and which I love because he's just so. I, I think that's the first time we're just like, man, I know this guy's the bad guy, but I am enthralled. Like, well, uh, something I was gonna bring up uh, a few minutes ago, but you had a good point, and I wanted to let you keep going with it. Um, Back to what I was saying about getting things right well before these sorts of movies became popular and by mm-hmm. doing things that weren't just, this is a superhero movie. They got it right even before any of the things we've credited with. They don't do an origin story for Batman, nope. really. It's, this isn't nope. an origin story for Batman. It's an origin story for Joker. Yeah. Batman is fully formed as Batman. Now, it's early in his Batman run where... Like, right, he hasn't had I, a main villain yet. We're agnostic of the existence of Batman at the outset of the movie, right? Right. But we don't get a him running around in like sweatpants. The bat, come on! Like he is Batman. He's got his suit. He's got his toys. He's got his Batmobile and Batplane, which we don't see till later. Like mm-hmm. he is fully formed. We get a little bit about finding out about you know Thomas and Martha Wayne dying and all that, but it's at the end of the movie. You yeah. know what I mean? It's. I really liked and respected that, and that was a creative risk for back then. Oh, absolutely. Just assuming everyone knows the backstory of Batman. But the for thing sure. is, how the fuck have we gotten backwards on that? I Why don't do we know. have to do origins now, like drawn out? Like, and I like Batman Begins. It's a really good movie, but in hindsight, have a little faith in your audience. You know what I mean? What's amazing about it to me is that. Not only did they do that, what you're saying, he's he's fully established at the onset of the movie. The movie starts off, and you think that that's where we're going. You think you're getting a oh, oh okay, so this is gonna be Thomas and Martha Wayne. This is Bruce. They're gonna get killed in the alley, but no, it's just a they're just mirroring what happened to him as a boy. 
and he gets to be involved now and like and protect them. Well, he doesn't protect them, but he like avenges them, and that's where that's where maybe some of, some of the stuff gets they get a little <coughs> a little bit wrong with Batman, and I'm not quite prepared to get into that just yet. We'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, like it's I loved that. What what I found interesting about not doing the origin story, which I love, is that they what the mistake is that they don't know Bruce Wayne's history. That's weird. Yes. Um, well, I'm not surprised that Vicky Vale doesn't know it because she's clearly a new entity in this story, but right. everyone else should. I, I forget the name of the guy she's working with. Alexander uh, Knox. Was that his name? Yeah. He he should know. Yeah. Um, the average person should know. Like, she had to call and ask the... Like, I expected when she makes that call, tell me what was special about this thing. I assumed the person on the other line was going to be like, Oh, the Wayne kid. His parents were killed in front of him. Yeah. (laughs) That's where Thomas and Martha Wayne were killed. Yeah, that... uh, Sorry, this just popped into my head. It's the the bad man uh, when they redo the end of The Dark Knight Rises. And he goes, Anyone can be a hero. Even a man who puts his coat over a boy just to let him know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. You're you're Bruce Wayne. We've, we've known I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> so good. Oh my god. Um, let's get so. Well, actually, I I sorry. Keep yeah, yeah. that in mind. What you want to do next? But this actually is good because I had something about that. We're talking about some of the things that don't necessarily work because of the structure of the movie. There's an opportunity for a really powerful moment at the end of the movie that actually misses the mark slightly because of them choosing to do it that way. And it's when he says, you created me and I created you, right? Well, before you go further, that is like, that's that's like the heart and soul of Batman and Joker yes. that we know today. So yeah, that's amazing that they said that, but go on. Well, uh, it, the spirit of that is right, right? The I can't exist without you thing, but the power mm-hmm. of I created you and you created me as well. That's that the, the symbiotic relationship would exist to that fundamental of a level is a really powerful thought that actually misses the mark because the way that they show that relationship in the past actually was handled a little clumsily. Yeah, I agree. And because they waited so long for it to for that revelation to come out and the way it comes out is kind of confusing because he gives him the line like have you ever danced the devil in the pale moonlight and they don't show recognition on keaton's face in that moment yeah they do well yeah but well they show like shock and confusion i guess but it uh, i it he didn't does, seem like, like that's the wait what did you say now granted i'm watching this the lens of already seen it yeah that's that's fair i this like, this movie is for the rewatch it's not for the first time through I guess so, um, but that 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 the, like it didn't. It struck just struck me as oh, sure. it, it was a cool line, and he's like, "What?" You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. didn't strike me as like I've expected more of like him to kind of crumble in the moment, and then you like, "Oh, what's that about?" You know what I mean? And instead, yeah. it, it almost comes off as a throwaway line and a joke at that point. He goes, "Oh, it's just the thing I say to my prey when I," and we've never seen that before. You know what I mean? Where no, 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 it's the way. <laughs> it's just the thing I say. <laughs> And he waves his gun around right before he shoots. He's yeah. so crazy. Go, go on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I felt that because I know this, how important the, their symbiosis is, it struck for me, but 
if I were a more casual viewer, I don't think it would have resonated at the level it should have for me. I feel like it was a missed opportunity. No, it, it resonates more for like the cult classic, the go back and watch, be a fa- like if you're a fan and you go and look that all this stuff is there, but it's that's not. What, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. it doesn't no, feel I, I like. I agree with you on that. For sure. The, uh, like that should be that should almost be a Darth Vader no I'm your father type yeah, of yeah. reveal and it feels like it doesn't live up to that. So it's funny because that's actually I was gonna before you jumped into it, that that was where I was gonna go was that line just because I love the line Have you ever done the do. devil? <laughs> the, it's, it's amazing. Uh, first off, we hear the line three times, and it gets better and better each time. The first time is in Vicky Vale's apartment. And he says, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? And he goes, wait, what? That's the scene that you're talking about. Wait, what? And then, uh, eh, it's something I say. When we see it in the flashback, it's much more dramatic. And I actually kind of like it. It's in a cool way where they slow it down. You ever dance with the devil in the pale? Like, that was really cool. The yeah. third time, though, the punchline <laughs> that brings it home. Tap, tap. Excuse me. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Punched in the face. Like, <laughs> it's such a good scene. And then after, so he's beating up on the Joker, and then he goes, pulls glasses out of his pocket. Wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Punch. <laughs> now that's, that's where it gets like, it takes a step back and goes into the slapstick. Like, the area that Joel Schumacher was like, I can work with this. Like, yeah. that's, like, that's when we got some of that. But, I mean, like, it's, it's really funny. Like, you would never see that in a Nolan Batman. No. Nah. But, no, because that okay went full. Here. It went full Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, it really did. <laughs> there was that? <laughs> there was one other moment that I felt kind of like where it was like, okay, you've been doing a good job of restraining. I don't want to call your worst instincts, but your maybe too aggressive instincts um, from the Burton perspective. Um, the other line, the other not the other line, the other scene was during the admittedly kind of confusing. He's just whooshing back and forth in the bat plane, not really doing anything. Um, and he finally gets, he snips the, the balloons, he drags them away, and then, not dragging the balloons, just of his own accord, flies up through the cloud cover oh, yeah. and makes the bat signal on the moon yep. and then flies back down through the clouds mm-hmm. and basically winks at the camera. Oh yeah, 100%. And I was like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> Like, it would have been one thing if he was soaring up and out with the balloons and he just happened to turn as he was doing it and they made that insignia for just a second. and then Right, like, if, like, if you make the connection rather than they make it for you. Like, it was, it felt very much force-fed to me. And it's like, mm, you've been doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, some of that stuff is, is silly and unnecessary, but it's... Uh. Oh my god, I love this movie so much. Like, it's uh, not the, offensive, it's just like, oh, like, it was just a yeah. little immersion. immersion. That, actually, that's probably the, that's part of the movie where the pacing slows down for a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we don't Which is weird because shit. it's in the middle of what should be a big... <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the stakes uh, are pretty high at that moment, like, people are being poisoned to death. Speaking of the stakes being pretty high, Batman straight up kills people in this movie. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that too during this and it made me think of that idiocy we mentioned a few weeks yeah. ago with the Daniel Snyder thing. Um, no, Zack Snyder, Ron Snyder. You okay? Was it because I said that or did you just choke on a beer? <laughs> you said that. Was that on purpose? No. I thought you were just trying to be as disrespectful as possible. 
No, so so Daniel Snyder is the owner of the Washington Redskins. It's a person, okay. a famous person who's in my would have been in my mind for other reasons. It, re- obviously. it reminded me of that scene in Accepted where Justin Long says three different, four, five different names, and it's not the guy's name. <laughs> oh, you were going to talk about when he calls it the South Harmon Institute of Technology, and he goes, "It's shit. Your school is shit." <laughs> No, a lot of anti-Semitism, but under the rug. <laughs> that line where he's... <laughs> oh my god, he's, um, he's just no, tearing sorry, that guy just... to shreds, but he's too smart for him. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, no, it was just a Freudian slip. Um, I, um... Yeah, no, when Zack Snyder said that idiocy about the, uh... Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, Batman kills, like... See, this was an example of, oh, Batman kills. And doesn't get off on it? Because it, that's it, what it is. That's the issue with it in the Snyder movies is yeah. that he's reveling in it in a way that I even late stage Batman haunted cynical and all that stuff probably shouldn't be like deriving pleasure from. Right. Like if you just want to get like sell me on he's been destigmatized to the violence and gore, like I can buy that read of the character, right? For Where sure. it's eh, it happened. As opposed to him turning into a full-on sadist. Um, And in this case, the killings that happen are largely incidental. Where it's like, it's just a thing that kind of has to happen and then we're going to move on. Or I, the kind of, I don't, I'm not going to kill you but I don't have to save you type of thing. Which is basically what happens with the Joker. Yeah. Right? Um, Like, he didn't set out to murder the Joker in that moment. It just ends up happening. I can totally buy that. I didn't have a problem with it in this movie because it all felt like collateral damage to him trying to do the right thing as opposed to him, like, hunting down and filleting them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, it's... Although there... Like, intense I matters. Agree. I completely agree. It's just... It's an example of them not getting Batman just right. Sure, and no one has to... You don't have to be perfect all the time, no. right? There's always going to be some sort of issue. And... Yeah, the, 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 I was surprised by what the death toll was in this movie. He killed a fair amount of henchmen and the Joker, um, which is a little surprising to me. But none of it felt like an egregious choice. Right. But I think that's... Uh, it's fu- interesting to me, though, because that's what I think happened is... I, uh, I think the writers and director... I think they they were focused on the Joker and they got that character. They understood that character, but they didn't take that deep of a dive into Batman because otherwise they probably would have shot the scene differently. There's only two scenes. They probably would have shot them slightly different. Like there wouldn't have been a machine gun on the bat plane and he wouldn't have blown up a building with a bunch of people in it. Like those yeah, two Well, things that's the big one. And that was the first one, right? Where yeah. He, he drop he drives the Batmobile into the, the Axis chemicals and just blows it up. And, and the Joker says something about, Hey, looking for me. And, but well, he killed like probably 10 henchmen. Yeah. So like like that that wouldn't have happened. They might have like reworked that. The other thing is they would have they wouldn't have made it that Bruce Wayne is an unknown. They would they would if they understood the character a little bit more. They wouldn't have done that. Well, the other thing is it seems like this Bruce Wayne was actually a self made man. That's what's weird about it. Yeah, because Thomas Wayne was just a doctor. Yeah, and they seem to they seem to screw that portion of it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they fully get him they fully get the joker they don't fully get batman which is it's okay though because he's still michael keaton makes it work they still it's still good and it's still close enough what's interesting enough though they get alfred better than they get batman 
not just that, but as much as I love Michael Caine and he crushed it in the role, Alfred Go is or not Alfred, Michael Go is 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 the is Alfred. Alfred. And uh, yeah. part of it's because he beats him having four movies to three. Uh, although he doesn't really get much screen time in Batman and Robin, from what I remember. He was sick. Um, but yeah, because he's like, yeah, like in a coma for the whole movie or something. He had the disease. Yeah, unnamed, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, oh no, it has a name. Uh, I can't remember it right now, but it was part of the drinking game that got me completely trashed. And <laughs> I threw up on the way home. Was that the uh, intentional bad movie night that you guys did? Yep. Yeah. Okay. One of the rules was every time they say the name of the disease, you have to drink. Uh, apparently, they say it a lot. <laughs> oh. uh, they say it a bottle of bourbon a lot. <laughs> so, but yeah, that. no, he he crushed that role, and I think probably because it's a little bit more understated than Michael Caine's take. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna paraphrase it a little bit, but the when he says, "I've spent enough," I spent many years like regretting the or spent, like lamenting too many, the death i spent too many years mourning the death of my friends and i don't want to spend any more mourning their son or something like that yeah. or their child or something like that yeah yeah and i just it, i it's it's much more eloquently said and it's much it's it's written way better but it's a it's a great line and that but that in that moment though you in that moment in the moment when um vicky vale bruce and him are having dinner they get alfred so well they mm-hmm. get that character, and I love that. Like it's it, it's so good. Um, again, that's like that's the Alfred that we're gonna get for years to come. Bruce and Batman will go through some iterations. The Joker will just in, will be better and better. Like, well, I always I always think if he oh, that's not true. Sorry, I take that back. I always think if he gets it, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just remembered things. <laughs> I thought he had. I thought that that version of Alfred got such an iconic line reading in. Batman Forever, when he says he took the car, sir. <laughs> yeah. goes, like oh, like no, what the the Mercedes or whatever. He goes, no, the other <laughs> car, the Lamborghini. No, the other car. <laughs> his his eyebrows make a full ninety degree turn. Yes, he says the other car, <laughs> and, and it's amazing. You know, it's uh, so when I saw this on Saturday, uh, it's a Fathom event. When they do the Fathom events, there aren't tra- there aren't trailers. Uh, there was a 30-minute popcorn line. Uh, we waited for the popcorn. Uh, when we got into the movie theater, I was like, I was getting a little, I was like, uh, we're going to get in there around the time the movie starts because there's no trailers. And and it's like around the time the movie starts, it's like, we have, we've got about eight minutes of leeway though because it's the longest opening credits of it's any movie. It's <laughs> and it's just a, it's just a slow camera crane through the Batman logo as we as we basically go through the credits for the entire film, and <laughs> then we then the movie starts. Luckily, I knew that was coming. We had plenty of time for the popcorn. Uh, what I was saying to Kim earlier than that though is, uh, oh man, it would be really great if they also played an old commercial before the movie, because if they did the Alfred Diet Coke commercials beforehand. I would have lost it, and I would have been really mad if I missed it. <laughs> I don't remember those commercials. Oh, man, I do, because they on those VHS tapes. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've owned, I own Batman a lot, <laughs> many times. Yeah, yeah you do. Uh, so, that, you know, there's the recorded on TV, there's the VHS tape, there's the, yeah, the DVD, the Blu-ray. It's, it's a lot. But, um... Laserdisc HD DVD. Laserdisc HD. <laughs> the UMD. 
for a PS, <laughs> it was a PSP, uh, mini disc, video CD. Disc. <laughs> oh my god, love it so much. Uh, yeah, getting Alfred right. Let's actually let's go. Let's jump right into that scene now. Getting Alfred right in the kitchen, the dinner with Vicky. I actually love. I think this is probably one of the better versions of the Bruce Wayne relationship with Alfred or with a with, woman with a woman. Vicky Bell. I think Vicky Bell. <laughs> I think they did a good job. Wait, there. Did I send you that video? <laughs> is that? Uh, I don't know. I there's I know of a of a of a thing. <laughs> uh, the, it was a, the scene from the the pilot episode of Chuck when Johan Yvonne Strahovski is walking in, and and Chuck's friend bumps him. He goes, "Oh my god, dude, Vicky Bell." And he goes, "Vicky Bell." Vicky Bell. Vicky Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yes, I've seen that. Uh, the. Um, well, what I love about first off, uh, they go on their date. They they have their date in the dining room. They're sitting, uh, what is it, about one point four miles apart from each other on the longest table ever created, which is a like, great. Now that is very Tim Burton, right? That whole yeah, room, it's, it's the it's the Burton obsession with like uh, M C Escher, where it's like the point of view changes, and so does like the perspective, where it's like they do the scene from up above, and it's like. Yeah, they're like a full football field length apart from each other. And then they shoot the scene from behind him, and they're like only 15 feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> but they, so they, they do, can you pass the salt? He gets up and he walks along the table, passes the salt. <laughs> what I love, that, that's, this is one of the greatest lines of the movie, though. Like one of, the, one of the great exchanges. She goes, do you like eating in here? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was ridiculous. But the first time uh, they meet <laughs> at the at the benefit, which I always love that in these Batman movies, the expensive benefit where they're raising money and there's just a basket of money. Like I love it. I love it. They just like they're just throwing cash in a basket. Uh, Alfred's following Bruce around. Every time he puts something down, Alfred's there to pick it up. Like <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, but uh, one of the things that's amazing. But one of the best relationships, the Bruce and Vicky relationship is great. The best relationship is the Knox and Vicky relationship. I like their fun work relationship where clearly he, he knows, like, he's absolutely in love with her and knows that it'll never be a thing. And he's like, he's kind of he resigned. He still shoots a shot it. repeatedly, though. <laughs> he's what? I said he still shoots his shot repeatedly, though. Oh, repeatedly. Absolutely. But uh, it's, it's funny. Will you buy me lunch? Uh, <laughs> I, eat, I eat light. Uh, he's, so, he's so funny. But uh, he must be king of the wicker people. I, so I love when he, when he's when they go into that um, is it living room, dining room, arsenal. Yes. <laughs> they walk through there. When Bruce sneaks up on them, this yeah he says that line. He must be king of the wicker people. Actually, it's from Tibet. How do you know? Oh. That's because that's where I bought it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, hi, Bruce Wayne. Are you sure? That's a great line. This is yes. dumb. These are really dumb things. I know that these these lines do not make a great movie, but these are the things that I adore about movies. This is why I love Kevin Smith movies. I love witty dialogue. I love that you had to be paying attention earlier, that you have to know what's going on, that the dialogue in itself is its own fun little movie. Like... He she asked him earlier which one of these guys is Bruce Wayne, and he goes, um, I'm "I don't not know." Sure. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure now? Are you, oh wait, are you sure? I am now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's such a it's such a great line. Oh, by the okay. way, Alfred, get him a grant. 
Uh, yes, that's it. That's exactly where I was going. That's a great line. You don't a lot. I'm gonna be a lot of people. They're not gonna get pick up on that line. They're not even gonna register it. It's not gonna be funny. That's for the people that are really paying attention to the dialogue and how fun it is. Uh, I I didn't give Kim a chance to recognize it on her own. I was like, listen, that was important. <laughs> and then I pointed at the screen when he said it. But it was it was really when he says that he goes, uh, I'm Bruce Wayne. Oh. Can I get a grant? <laughs> and he just taps out on the shoulder. Yeah, can you give Knox a grant? I love that. It's so it's so silly. <laughs> oh my god. It's the there, there was a lot of like weird little things that like were just like, oh, like that's like on its own, maybe not that funny, or it's one of those things where it's like if you tell it to someone else, they're like, oh, why is it funny? But it's like you had to be there or like you had to be watching it. Cause like yeah. I remember, I don't know why it got me so like much like I like gave an actual real like laugh is they have their date right they end up going to bed it cuts away to a scene with the Joker I think then they come back and the two of them are laying in bed it's clearly early in the morning and there's quiet music as they're like he's like holding her and she's asleep and he's still awake and he like shifts himself and and I'm like oh my god they're playing the Danny Elfman theme of like Batman theme on like one single piano very quietly and I yep. was like, what? And then he gets up and he hangs himself like a bat. Yep. And he's just hanging from a suspension thing like a bat. Yep. And I'm like, what? They really fucking doing this? He's just going to be a bat. Like that, that, <laughs> absolutely. That's they our foreshadowing for her figuring out that he's, that he's uh, Bruce Wayne is Batman eventually. Is he, like part of my arsenal of things that I have acquired to like put together my case and figure out, oh God, like. Bruce Wayne is a bat. Is Batman is he's hanging like a bat. <laughs> Postcoital bat and Batman theme. <laughs> Absolutely, I it's yeah it's it's in your face a lot of the times and it's it's great. Yes, the single the the single note Batman theme. Uh, speaking of which, that Danny Elfman theme is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, probably gonna sing it at the end of the episode. Ba, 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 da, ba, ba. <laughs> it's so good uh, and how, also how about the Prince music I'm surprised you didn't demand me to do it for this episode considering we did the yeah. Avengers a few weeks ago yeah it, it would have been it's, it'll be a little bit more difficult not in person but uh and yeah for all that Prince music we got the Danny Elfman music great but this, they they mix together really well there's some amazing synergy happening there that I don't understand at all why it works but it does they they did seem to get some of that stuff right in the, over the course of these movies, right? Because some of the stuff with the uh, the score from Batman Forever with Seal mixed into it, too. Uh, some of that works pretty well, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god. I used to... My friend Al, uh, rest in peace, he, uh, he used to do Wait, this what? Thing. Yeah, so it's a sad story. But anyway, he, would, he used to wear button-up shirts... Every once in a while, every once in a while, out of nowhere, he would drop to his knees and rip his shirt open and go. It was so good. He would always pick those moments very well. Oh my god, we. Uh, Batman Forever is a movie that we're going to have to do in person. So, fun The fact. funny thing about Batman Forever, 
um, before you get to your fun fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, no, do your fun fact first, actually. So, fun fact was when four movies went on sale uh, for Batman. They were playing all four of these, all four of the early, of the late 80s, early 90s Batmans. They were playing them uh, this, this week, basically. Mm. And uh, I had a choice. I was like, oh, you know what? I, I actually want to go see Batman Forever. Like, that's the one that I wanted to go see. Uh, I didn't choose 89 Batman. I chose Batman Forever. And uh, we bought the tickets, and then it was like, well, shit. We thought that they were all on the same day at different times, but it turns out that the Batman Forever one was on Mother's Day. So <laughs> we've then returned those tickets and bought the other one. But, uh, man, I, I love that movie so much. We're, oh we're, yeah, we are I, I do to too. Do it. It's it's to not it. as good a movie as no, no. Earth, but I I do think it was a bit underrated. Um, but the funny thing I I I felt when watching this was this movie was oh wow they there's kind of a precedent for the Force Awakens being like not a shot for shot remake but a beat for beat remake of yeah. the of a New Hope because to a certain degree that movie batman forever feels like a beat for beat remake of this one interesting i Where will have to rewatch it with that context you get an origin story of the villains right him already a fully formed batman we get a bit of the backstory of thomas and martha getting killed and how it's affected him psychologically right a gorgeous blonde who's poking and prodding into that background as she gets closer and closer to the man himself and ultimately finds out he's Batman. And this kind of slow, one of them is more of a noir, the other one is more of kind of a psychological character study of the man, building and building and building to how that person is going to become a real adult. One of them kind of breaking out of his shell of being a loner, the other one taking on a foster son, both of them learning how to love and then building to the point of saving the day at the end against the villain where the most scenes and the best scenes are of the villains and often of the villains completely absent of Batman. Right. Hmm. I feel like they fit the same big picture formula, even if it's not an actual shot for shot remake in a lot of the same way that the force awakens mirrors a new hope. I do love this concept of, like, let's not put Batman on screen too much. Let's let him be this entity. Let's let him be this, this let, mysterious... Let's let him hide in the shadows. Yeah, which is what we do in the shadows. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't even what I was going for. <laughs> when he, like, I, I, I love that. I think that they this movie obviously sets that up. That's carried through. There's very little... Ba- there's, there's little Batman in the Nolan trilogy. Like, it, it's more Bruce and the, the story and the other characters... I, I think I lost my train of thought. When I was going with that. Oh no, I didn't. I'm back. Sorry. Uh, so no, there was a there was like a six part uh, animated short, right? There were six animated shorts, and they all did a different version of the Batman. And I don't remember when it came out. I think it came out around that time, like around the Dark Knight like era of Batman's. And what I love about it was it's six stories and Batman is completely different in all of them. In one, like, he's a samurai. In one, he's, like, over-the-top gruesome. In one, he's, like, he is a bat. Like, he's a giant bat. <laughs> like, and what you find out is these are all accounts of people, of eyewitnesses. 
Ah. And they're retelling the story, and it's a game of telephone, and the story Actually, is coming this, to light. This sounds familiar. I don't think I ever saw it, but this sounds familiar. Like I was like I remember it coming out. And it's it's just really cool because it's like I love the legend of the Batman. I love the villains more on screen, but I love the legend of the Batman as a like as this kind of uh, just this thing that's there that it's like you can't really grasp it entirely. It's supposed to be shrouded in mystery. Uh, you want to know more, but you don't want to know all well, of it. Like the, it's just that was the part that Nolan definitely got really right, right? Where it's, yes, what what Batman means as a symbol is more important than what Batman the man himself does. Right, right. Oh man, man, did that guy crush it? Knocked it out of the goddamn park. And there's some weird, weird cheesy stuff that like I'm laughing at it in with the Keaton one, where even just the very first time he's every time that they intro him with the cape up like the wings as he's being like rigged down into the (laughs) into the scene i just want to laugh at it every time absolutely that and (laughs) unfortunately like we mentioned earlier yeah like that's what they doubled down on instead of other instead of the good things that's the stuff that they went with uh which is unfortunate uh (laughs) i can't watch this movie or batman returns and not think of new girl and think of who new girl Oh, yeah, Keaton. <laughs> it, it's it's too much. It's all I can think about is Schmidt being in love with Keaton Batman and emailing him. Obviously, yes, of course, perfectly normal thing to oh, do. Yeah, it's so uh, <laughs> uh, I had one uh, one thing that, uh, or yeah. actually two things about this specific Joker that I found entertaining. Um, one, I liked, I thought it was interesting doing the thing where the his face is actually that color. And yeah. he puts on makeup to make himself look normal. What a great practical effect. Yes. Two, yeah, two things. One, the practical effects were pretty, were great there. And two, like, it just felt like a fun way to turn the idea of the Joker on its head. Where yeah. it's, oh, he's not a psycho who's putting on this clown mask. It's, he's a psycho who's trying to mask that he's a psycho by putting on a mask of a real face and being right. perpetually disappointed by how people see through it. I'm hurting! Which, I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Which, yeah, she just throws a glass of water on her. Oh, my God. Uh, but, and, and I think it actually, it subtly informs that whole thing, right, of him poisoning all the people and them also ending up dying with their face in a rictus of pain exactly the same way as him right um and the whole idea of her like the of alicia be was it alicia or felicia one of those being a blank canvas for him yeah. to work on right um i th- it was a good uh, uh it was a good job of show don't tell mm-hmm. that i really appreciated yeah um and the other thing was i like uh, i thought it was just like a gag and then i realized oh no they're actually doing this because of the real life struggle that he's clearly having with this um, when he first is, it's right after he kills Jack Palance and he's, it, they, there's a, they cut away to something else and then they come back and he's sitting in the office on the couch mm-hmm. and it's when Alicia comes in and he's drinking the martini, but he's not actually drinking the martini because he can't figure out how to navigate the liquid into his mouth without spilling it all over his face. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean Jack Nicholson. Yep. Not the Joker. Jack Nicholson is like, I have to pretend to sip this martini because there's no way I'm getting this into my mouth. Okay, so two things on that. One, 
one of, for whatever reason, I don't know why, it's one of the most memorable lines to me. It sticks in my head. I, I say it for no reason throughout the day. She walks into the room and he goes, Honey, you'll never believe what happened to me today. <laughs> and she faints. Great yes. line. Uh, yes, you're completely right. He does not know how to drink it. But by the end of that scene, he just he just goes for it as they cut. Because I assume it went all over him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, I love that. No, actually, when he kills Jack Palance, and he uh, flips, you know, he goes into the chair, and then he's looking at the, uh, he's looking at the paper. He's wiping it with the blood. He's wiping the blood away from it because he's ruined the paper. And he's sitting there, and I forget what he says, but then he goes, "This is again him having fun by himself on screen." Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like he just, what is he doing? Uh, there's even just scenes where like he was talking to. Bob the Goon, which I think is what he's credited in IMDb as Bob the Goon. Fantastic. Um, and I forget what he was... He was snipping out people from the photos, right? Yep. And he... Bob walks in and talks to him, and then he handed him the, the pictures, I think, and then he leaves. Stop the press. And he... Yeah, and he's still cutting the thing, and then I think he gets up, and he just starts twirling. And the shot is entirely, like, Scorsese over the top the whole time. Like, the Scorsese, yep. like, ceiling shot. And he's just like spinning like a whirling dervish and like yep. singing and the carnival after, music. After he kisses the photo. Yes, after he's kissed the photo, yeah, yeah. I think, of Vicky. Um, and yeah, he's just spinning and singing and dancing. He's completely alone. Yep. There's nothing else going on other than whatever it was that he was doing. And then you, as they pull the scene farther up, you see there's pictures all over all the floor. All over the floor. Um, and the, I love that they use actual carnival music a bunch of times. The yes. first time that he's introduced as the Joker... The flourishes as he's walking in is that that the end to that scene you were talking about when he kills Jack Palance and they first they do the over the shoulder like uh, out of focus shot and then he walks into the focus and mm-hmm. then they're flourishing with the carnival music. I think they do it again at the very end during the whole final confrontation sequence. Um, I I I love that they use carnival music for for the clown. <laughs> yep, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Uh, we we haven't touched on a few characters. Uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about Harvey Dent. I am why they they, I, they didn't bother putting him on screen at all. No, no, I'm upset that we don't get a sequel with a Billy D. Williams Two Face. Now, my God, does that man have swagger? Like that, he just <laughs> he's on the screen for maybe a a total of maybe like seventy seconds. Yep, that's about it. Right, uh, but doesn't he command that damn screen? He does, but he just leaves me frustrated because I like why bother casting him if you're gonna completely and utterly sideline him like We've that. We've got enough to worry about without ghosts and goblins. <laughs> 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 That's not a denial. That's not a de- Knox is a great character. That's not a denial. <laughs> no, he was annoying as shit, but the the not a denial thing was funny because it <laughs> happens multiple times during that sequence. Mayor, great tie. What do you think about... <laughs> he's commenting really... Uh, he's just complimenting everybody with like these ridiculous things just so they'll talk to him. So silly. Oh, the yeah. mayor sucks, and that's a that's a pretty common thing in, in the Batman universe, and I think they, they yeah. know that. I want hot dogs, the whole schmear. <laughs> what is that line? Are you kidding me? Also, this is the same guy who played um, Commissioner Gordon in all of the, those, yeah. the 90s and 80s. Again, ones, right? He's also great. That guy's got some delivery with his lines. I don't know what it is, but he's captivating. 
at times. Sometimes it comes off more as blustery. For for me, when he does the um, when he's talking to the cop, he's like, anonymous tip, someone's cleaning out Axis Chemicals, and he goes, my God, and he's like. Who's down there? Egghart. Egghart. Oh, God. Like, he, he, gets yeah. down, he gets in there. Who's in charge? I want him alive. <laughs> like he, he turns into like a 60s beat cop for, for that one scene. <laughs> I want him alive. <laughs> Conversely, I'm very confused by their siege plan when they went in to go get Joker. Or I guess at that point he's Jack Napier and, and his guys. Because the cops immediately lose control of the situation and yeah. all fan out. To the point where no one can see each other. And you get to the point where it's just Commissioner Gordon standing in the middle of the facility, completely alone. No, and Bob it, walks up and just puts a gun to his head like, What the fuck is the commissioner down there without his gun drawn, without like full like, you know, he's not wearing a bulletproof vest. There's no one guarding him. He's completely alone. <laughs> Anyone that opens fire is going to have to answer to me. Uh, when he, <laughs> yeah, he's down there all by himself. Uh, after he told those guys to go up in different directions and be careful now, be careful. <laughs> also, completely superfluous smoke bomb by Batman because in the end, yeah. he, like he looks right, he looks left, he looks down. There's someone a hundred yards away from him in each direction, and I can't stress enough, like a hundred yards, and he could have just gone psh, shoot the ceiling and jump up through the thing. Yeah, but no, he dramatically whips out a smoke bomb. Yes. Then smashes the smoke bomb, mm-hmm. lets it envelop him as the cops are now only like 50 yards away. Right. And then he repels up the thing. Correct. Is that not When everyone that? is within arm's reach of him and can clearly see which direction he's going. Right. They the smoke even bomb now directly up to where he goes. Yeah, the smoke bomb is now rendered completely useless. Absolutely. 100%. But it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, that ricochet was ridiculous, huh? Oh, pretty graphic, too. That was pretty graphic. Did that bullet go through his cheek? I I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was shrapnel that had, like, turned yeah, his face it, into it. Yeah, it's never been clear to me. Grated cheese. Yeah. That's, that, that's always gross. I love that scene, though, where his hand pops out of the water, like, as a claw. And it's white with the green fingernails. After he falls into the acid. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that, uh, the, the, as far as origin stories go... I enjoy this one more than others, um, but it, um, this I mean this fits one of the ones that happens in comics, right? Uh, or it's close to it. It's close to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the, the the actual character before he's the Joker. I like better in this. Um, well, it, it it was a version that was somewhat similar to the Mask of the Phantasm one, right? Where he's a mob henchman who becomes yeah something more mm-hmm. um yeah i the, I, I, I thought it was but not the origin story that they're probably going to go with in joker which is not going to be well i don't know some people think that it is that one because it's whatever no, that one that where it's the that... one shot of the joker where it's like the bad day that turns him into it or whatever that's the one that i don't actually care for that's the one that people love that storyline and i that's don't... is that the, the killing joker yeah i don't get i'm just not a fan of it i I understand what they're doing. I understand the open-endedness of the final sequence, but it's man, I I didn't like that origin. I like I like the Dark Knight, the Nolan Dark Knight unknown origin. That's my favorite. The unknown but fairly well theorized about one. Yes, exactly. Like I I like that he's I don't know, the the 
the development of that character through to being psychotic in the killing joke is not i personally don't think that it's well written compared to some of the other storylines and that's i mean i know that i most people will disagree with me on that that's fine i'm just saying for me personally that's not the joker that i love i like where yeah i never read that one so I think the Joker that he becomes is fantastic. I think the... I do... I actually kind of like the ending. I like the way that the story unfolds. I don't like the opening. I don't like the first act, basically. I don't like... I don't like knowing what I know about the man that becomes the Joker in that in that uh, graphic novel. But it's fine. Okay, yeah. I never read that one, so I'm not as... I mean, I know the big picture stuff about it, but I don't have much of an opinion on it because I never read it. Let's talk about Eckhart for a second. So do we have to. We do. <laughs> we do for, specifically for for two for a couple, three three things. The first line of uh, when he meets well, the first the first one is when he meets Jack and uh, Jack gives him a bag with money. Uh, that money is in between two slices of bread. Was it really? Yes, it is. It absolutely is. As he unfolds the bag and he takes there's a it's a it's a money sandwich. <laughs> he says he's got something for like something that he that he's gonna like the taste of or something like that. It's yeah, it's a sandwich with money in it, <laughs> uh, which is absurd. It's just so absurd. So there's that, and then there's the whole "you ain't got no future, Jack." That leading to the line later of Eckhart, think about the future as he shoots him in the most dramatic death scene ever. <laughs> Or at least wow. the most <laughs> I was gonna say at least the most like disproportionately dramatic where like it like that character didn't earn the dramatics right. of the death. <laughs> right. That was though as far as like, you know, pulling a page directly from a comic, you could almost see the frames of that, right? The oh, yeah. bull, the the gun, like a frame with a gun, a frame with it having fired, a frame with a guy being thrown back against the wall. And then a frame where he's not in it anymore, but there's like a little bit of smoke. <laughs> like it's, it's directly from a comic page, uh, and I love that. But it's it is so it's so silly. Who's in charge? Eckhart. Oh my god. <laughs> I like that too. They they get Gordon right to a degree here, where like he knows how corrupt his like even his squad like his his precinct. He knows that. Shit's a mess, and uh, and he you know he tries to do something about it. Um, See that that's why I think of I, I'm ultimately have been a little underwhelmed by that one because I think of him more from Batman Forever, and he's kind of pointless and blustering in that yes, one most of it. But... So that's my more lasting impression of the character. That's fair. Schumacher. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we got here. What do you got? You have any? any the only other things that I really had notes for was the only other thing I really had notes for was um. Just some of the Burton specific things that okay. like are like very much like classic like looks and like feels for those for that time of his career, I guess, where like the, all the gothic architecture yep, 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 yep. and like a lot of the CGI stuff, where it's like, oh, like if I you if I just woke up and was looking at the scene, I would have had to try and guess like, is this Beetlejuice? Is this Batman? Is this, sure. like what am I looking at right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like this could be anything that he's like ever made prior to the year two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's no diorama though. There's always one of those in his movies, isn't there? 
Sure, um, but actually, that's like, not true. I guess it's the way that they shoot the Gotham as a whole. Yes, it's the the way that they do like those like like land like landscape like establishing shots and stuff like that, and like when they zoom in on like a big building and it's very clearly CGI put across a real background, and it's it's very obviously CGI across a real background that is a miniature, um, yep. and. It's everything is like shiny and yeah. like the same exact creepy way. And I guess he has his own version of his early career CGI that he did because he was a Disney animator before he was a director and all that yeah. stuff. But um, it's also stuff that really didn't age well. <laughs> no, there's there's two scenes in particular that I actually let's talk about three scenes specifically. First off, the first one is is very early in the movie uh, when they do the top down shot of the building and Batman is there. And he turns and oh, it's, it's, so it's 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 just a hand drawn animation of a of a of a Batman with his cape. That that one's horribly done. It's um, also egregious. There's no reason for it. Yeah, and then there's the there's the final scene of the Joker falling. He it turns into an animation. I don't understand it at all. Where he like shrinks and disappears as he's falling. Yeah, like what 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 was that? Why why wouldn't you just <laughs> pan the camera back like? Throw yeah, him, know. like, put him on his back and let him flail and, like, pan the camera back. Like, well, I don't, uh, whatever. It's, I'm not a filmmaker. Uh, I'm not a filmmaker <laughs> in, in 89. Uh, then there's the, the, maybe one of the worst ones just because there's no reason that it had to be this way. The bat signal at the end is clearly on a curtain that is waving. <laughs> and I didn't notice that. I don't understand why they just didn't hold it still. Like, why, why is it waving? It's rippling. There's, there's spooky clouds. Spooky, <laughs> creepy paper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> creepy paper. <laughs> oh, my God. I, that, that, for whatever reason, at the end, very end of the movie, that just bothered me. I was like, why? Yeah. Why I, is this like this? No, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, and, like, all the establishing shots of, like, Wayne Manor, like, that's, yeah. like, a specific one where it's, like, that weird shimmery CGI that's like it's very obvious that you superimposed this thing and it's essentially like a gif that doesn't have any actual movement it's just like a weird like color sheen that comes yes. across it yeah and it's very clearly been superimposed on a miniature that you built that's actually one foot by one foot yep <laughs> we should do Beetlejuice one day um there's a one scene I actually completely forgot I forgot to mention when we were in it before but uh, the first scene where we hear the "Do you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight?" scene, he. My other favorite line from that is when he has the fire poker and he just whips it out of vase and he goes, "You want to get nuts?" That's I love that line. That's crazy. I know Michael you do. Keaton. It's one of my favorites. I adore it. Uh, and then, but earlier in that scene where he's like, where he pushes Vicky down into the seat <laughs> and he's like, "I'm trying to tell you something here," and he can't get it out. You know how people have two sides. And they don't let one of those sides show. And, ah, and the bell rings. And he's still trying to talk through it. And she goes to answer the door. And he's still focused on the chair where she's no longer at. But the camera's still looking up at him. And he goes, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't I just say, I'm Batman? <laughs> also, it's funny for how awkward that scene is. That ultimately, he doesn't even tell her that he's Batman. Alfred does? Oh my god. By just leading her into the Batcave. Yeah. And there's no, I knew it, or any sort of reaction at all. It's just, eh. 
Like, I feel like yeah. <laughs> she, she has no of... reaction. He has dr- a dramatic turn away from the camera. Yeah, like, uh, oh, I guess she'll put two and two together now that I'm sitting in this exact same chair in this weird cave that I was sitting right. in where she kept trying to look at me and I keep turning my face one degree because I can't oh my turn God. my neck. So funny, that that outfit not being, the no movement. I guess, I like, I know that it was a big deal when they finally gave him the ability to turn his head in the Dark Knight or yeah. whatever, but I just, I guess it never really registered to me how stiff and ridiculous it was. Yeah. Like, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. A, I mean, it's a completely rubber suit. He can't really move. Yeah, I guess I just never noticed how dramatically he, like, has to whip his whole oh, yeah. body around. Oh, it's, it's, it's so awkward. Uh, speaking of awkward, I love and hate that I never got the Tim Burton Superman. With Nicolas Cage? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Was was that Burton supposed to do that? I don't know. Is there an alternate universe where that's my favorite movie? I... There's no way that it's just I don't care how weird Johnny Depp is and how weird Burton is and how weird they are together. There's no way that the universe could contain the weird that that movie would have been. I know. Maybe that's I what just, happened. Maybe they made it and the universe and Thanos was just like, nope. And we just <laughs> and that and here we are. He just snapped like, that I'm one just, out of existence. I'm just thinking like. That's one of those movies... Like, you remember how, like, there was the Han Solo stuff where the rumors were they had to stop shooting it so that they could hire an acting coach for Alden Ehrenreich? Yeah. Like, I like I don't think they could have even... Like, they couldn't have put Nicolas Cage on screen. Like, the screen testing would have been so bad. And that was back when Nicolas Cage was actually an actor to be somewhat respected. It just wouldn't have worked. I love him. I mean, I love the idea of him. I just want... I want that... I just want that movie. I want what could have Listen, been. Listen, that man has given me the joy of the story of him buying a historical landmark in New Orleans that is a haunted mansion and him living there for like three days before moving out. Like, if that doesn't inform to you why he is the way he is for the last 20 years and the movies that he's chosen to make, it's because he has to fund the haunted mansion that he bought that he didn't know was haunted. Um, it's so that he could get married and then divorced 12 hours later in Las Vegas and then go on a absolute binge and start singing angry karaoke in LA or something like that, which is what's been going on the last couple of weeks. <laughs> like I, listen, I listen. just like the idea of him existing because it allows for every six months or so something funny to pop up and me to get a laugh and then it can quietly go away. And sure, Spider-Noir was fun and funny. And they used him in just the right amount. Listen, I hear what you're saying. That being said, I do have a picture of him on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have my Memphis Gone in 60 Seconds frame. And I love it. Love it. I love that movie so get, much. I don't get the hype for that movie. Oh my god, I love it so much. We'll have to... We'll, I was, we'll do it one day told... and I will just be like... I'll be all about it, and you'll just be like, I. It'll just be this. I'll I'll yell out scenes that I adore, and you'll just be like, I just don't get it. <laughs> I I remember someone told me unironically that it was one of their top three favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time, mm-hmm. and then that person's friend saying, I won't go that far, but I love that movie. It's amazing, and they 
guilted me into watching the movie and I watched the movie and I came back. This is when I was, it was one of the jobs I worked and I came back the next day after having watched the movie and I was like, but why? What, what, what is it about the movie? Is it just Angelina Jolie in white hair? Like, I no, uh, but, but, dreadlocks? Uh, dreadlocks, whatever. Like, what, what is the point, like, of any of it? Like, it, it was just fine. It's great. It was fine. Donnie? Low rider? Low rider. Donnie? Uh, you just, it's okay. It's just not for you. And that's fine. That's fine. I love that movie. I love it I so it. much. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't either. <laughs> but I love it. It doesn't change the fact that I love it. Uh, what, were, what were you going to do? I was going to bonk him. You were going to bonk him? Like, it's... I love it. Yeah, like that scene was funny. Sure. So it's so silly. Uh, it's it's so dramatic. It's so Armageddon dramatic, but the stakes are so low. <laughs> I, I love it. Like if they were to just tell the cops about the bad guys, they'd probably be fine and it would be over. No, it's so much better than that. Um, Nicholas Cage is Superman. He would have been untouchable. Uh, anyway, there's, I don't actually have any other, let me see, let me see, let me see. I don't think I have No, any. no, we're going to end this episode on a Nicolas Cage rabbit hole. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. So you're good? I don't have anything else. Excellent. That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in a Six at SpinTune.com or tweet us at the SpinTune with the hashtag FLI6. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out.